0: This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Piikani, Siksika, and the Black in the US. We acknowledge the Stony Nakota, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina who are Dene and the Metis Inuit status and non status from all of Turtle Island and those who are visiting. We're all treaty people.
1: Welcome to the Voices in Recovery Podcast brought to you by Freedoms Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these are opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day to day lives in recovery. Uh, Brent, welcome, man. Hey there. Uh, appreciate you coming in to tell us your story. And I, I feel like I'm gonna be like Darcy and Samantha here because I don't know you very well, but I'm really excited to get to know you more. Okay. Cool. Yeah,
0: right on. So I guess it's the old classic start, I guess, you know. Um, and you
1: can bounce around, man. Bounce. Yeah, I, yeah. I tend
0: to be pretty scattered anyways
1: right well welcome to the club you're in a good company right <laughs>
0: right so yeah um grew up in a small town just mm-hmm. a little bit north of here i think it is it sundry alberta oh, okay and uh i was uh my parents are uh well they well they were they've kind of eased up a little bit over the last few years The they were the whole fundamental Christian, mm. like really very very strict, like all the all us kids were. I have yeah. two older sisters, and um, all all us kids were homeschooled. I was pulled from the public system after grade two, mm. so grade three on, and did did that whole thing. So, church every Sunday, youth group, incredibly sheltered mm-hmm. sheltered upbringing. Right, um, of course the sisters were a little bit. Being older than me, they I, my eldest sister. She was uh, almost in junior high, so she got a little bit of that mm-hmm. outside world upbringing. There's, I really didn't. Um
1: Was there a reason that you were homeschooled? Or- no,
0: no, we were all we were, oh, you were. I I was just that much younger, right? I gotcha. No, they made that decision all of a sudden. They were like, yeah. And so my sisters got. A little bit more of the public school system than I did. And then at well, one point, there they're just like, no, nah. they, d- they decided they didn't like that sort of thing. I and mean, we've got the whole, uh, the Christian, uh, like the science books and stuff that like taught us creationism and stuff in school. Like Christian
1: science
0: books? Well, n- not Christian science, like as the mm. quotes, right? But they were like science books from a Christian university ah. that taught us creationism mm-hmm. as a uh, scientific fact, as... Was, oh really yeah
1: okay <laughs> i didn't even know that was a thing
0: yeah that's a that's a thing yeah <laughs> um so uh but yeah um yeah it'd be interesting i should uh i should uh like look up those books on the internet and just kind of read them again just to yeah, <laughs> just it would be, be interesting, to, see, be interesting right? to kind of take a look back at what yeah but yeah it was yeah they were they kind of pointed out in the books that uh that everybody else believes this evolution thing and then they're like but we don't this is what we believe right so there was there was that um and then it was it was kind of i guess i tell the it was one, one of my dad's birthday parties they uh like all my all my dad's friends they were they were drinkers and whatnot and my mom was uh, was an alcoholic back in the mm. way back in the day, and she'd been sober for quite a while, just doing the whole church thing. And it was I don't know, she was a little angry, mm. Her kind of untreated, right? Um, yeah. And uh, so, I, it, looking back on it, I think it's kind of it is kind of strange. They always, they they knew that I wanted to like experiment with alcohol whatever so they were kind of adopted this mentality that they would rather have me do it at their house rather than me just go off somewhere else right and i don't even remember who who bought us booze that night whether it was them or my one my sister's boyfriend or whatever but i was i was 13 and me and my me and my youngest sister got absolutely absolutely trashed on rum and root beer, and it was just it was just a ridiculous <laughs> gong show. And you know, I thought it was awesome, mm. right? My sister got really 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 sick. It turns out over the next few years, she figured out that she like she would try to drink with us, but every time she even drank just a little bit, she would just it would destroy her like mm. puke and sick. Like whereas like just like one and a half beer just yeah. No, she was obviously allergic to yeah. – no, she couldn't, but
1: – That'd be a definition of allergy.
0: Yeah, she just – yeah, literally allergic and yeah. she couldn't. So, But I, I was completely different. I just I just loved it, right? So mm. any opportunity I got, like, we did – it wasn't like a free-for-all or anything. Like, mm. I didn't go crazy with it. You know, just – we went on camping trips and it, it was okay for my sister's boyfriend to pick us up liquor and whatnot. And we yeah. drank around the campfire, you know, two or three – times a year in the summer right and yeah it was it was all good we stayed it was very very religious yeah um i went to i went to church every sunday youth group until i was about 18 or 19 years old Mm -hmm. and uh had a couple couple close friends at at the church there me and my one friend we'd uh we'd like hoard up like small amounts of alcohol and we'd get like a little bottle of pop worth of like rum or something and we'd like sneak it to the youth group events and we'd like hide off in the back we would <laughs> have like a big like basketball thing at the at the school and whatnot in the youth group and we'd take off we were all drinking and we didn't really get drunk of course but it was mm. that sneaky attitude we enjoyed that immensely and uh that's
1: what youth group is all about
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we had the youth group was fun i do i do gotta say but um, so yeah that's that's just kind of that's kind of how it how it went we'd uh of course everything just kind of slowly escalate we'd uh my buddy dean would come over on the weekends right we had these we would we would Save up here and there a little we could get our hoard. he'd steal booze from his dad and we'd have our little camping trips down no, on my dad has a quarter section land out in bergen right so we just go down by the creek less, and we we just party down there and it was all good you know we had a good time lots of good memories and uh and then my mom she was uh really let me just say stubborn. She had this like really kind of honor honor bound like this is the way things should be, right, with her re- relations with the church. And uh she would they were they were members of the church. They were like on on the board and uh there was like this really strange like political power kind of situation at the Mm -hmm. church where people would get funding for this and that and people were getting favored treatment like people would the church would fund people like cars and Mm -hmm. stuff whereas it was it was one thing it's like okay sure we can we could do this for this mission project or whatever but instead of like buying them some reasonable vehicle or whatever Mm -hmm. they would they would buy them like extravagant vehicles my mom's just like that isn't right kind of thing and certain people would vie for different positions and uh it was just a bunch of shifty stuff going on that wasn't you know wasn't honorable and my mom would not stand for it and people tried to get her to like just 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 chill out go along with it and it was no, and she just kept stirring the pot and stirring the pot, and I think I was—I think I was 18 or 19 when this happened. And eventually, they just revoked my parents' membership and literally kicked them out of the church. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, I never went to church again. Yeah, Everything, changed. <laughs> Everything changed. Everything oh, changed, like God. the whole like. My mom was devastated. Um... Yeah, or like our whole our whole system of what we did was just like completely yanked out from under us, and you know it was really it was really strange because we uh, I had my I had my one buddy that. I still hung out with and then he just got into, he just got into too much country music and we just drifted
1: apart. <laughs> he wanted, Dude, I've lost friends for less. Oh my goodness. So, uh,
0: yeah. um, yeah, I just, I just wasn't, I wasn't down with that, oh, that whole thing. They, him and him, him and, cause he had his school buddies. Right. And then there was, then there was me and I was always that, that outsider. Right. I was never part of that crew and they liked to listen to country music. They'd get in their pickup trucks and they'd buy a bunch of booze and they'd go, driving all around the country and I really wasn't down for that I felt that that was dangerous and as much as a rebel I was I just really wasn't down for that in the country music was just the was this nice on the cake which <laughs> I just wasn't yeah. down for to hang out with those guys anymore so I just kind of I just really didn't have any friends anymore at that point right so I ended up uh I ended up getting a job at the convenience at a convenience store in town right and uh there was these there was this group of kids that hung out beside the convenience store yep. <laughs> and they became my friends and uh there's there's two of them the one one he's he's struggling he's he's kind of been in and out like he he did the whole AA thing for a little while right and mm-hmm. he just has some reading and comprehension problems and if if he lived in the city or whatever and uh if we were together I be able to like sit with him and help Mm -hmm. him and whatnot but it just there is no he yeah i all love the guy to death but he's uh he's he's struggling Mm -hmm. i got another really 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 solid friend that came from that crew and we were absolute an absolute terror for years and years right they entered they introduced me to they introduced me to the marijuana and the uh, mushrooms, and that was all good. And we mm-hmm. we partied and we we sold doobies to the we we sold doobies to the little kids so we could mm-hmm. buy ourselves liquor and whatnot. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, it was a uh, it was a uh, good times, I guess. I was uh, a little bit older than. Mm-hmm. Most of them. There was, there was one guy who was a little bit older than me who was like the who was like the, the kingpin, right? He was about, I think he's about five years older than me, right? And, every, and, and then the rest of them, were, I'd say I was about 19 or 20. And the rest of them ranged from 18 to down to like 14 years old. And we just, we did that. And uh, I finally moved out of my parents' house into a little trailer and sundry with my sister and she was I feel bad about it too because she was so so excited and happy to to move to move out with me and whatever and just I just turned the place into a party house and it was just an absolute shit show and she just didn't put up with it for very long and she got her got her own place. And that started the whole uh that started a whole cycle of having a place, I don't know, it was, it was weird too because I always had a tendency to like, somebody would have the place and then I would move in and then they would move out and I would just kind of inherit the place mm-hmm. without even, without even a gentleman's handshake or anything. My name was never on any leases <laughs> and so I would proceed to absolutely destroy the place mm-hmm. and it would get to the point where it was just, ruined and i would generally move back to my parents house f- until i could I, w- I, w- I would get fired and the pl- I'd party the place to the ground and then i would abandon it mm. just take anything of value my guitars all the empties and and then cash that in and kind of go back to my parents house until they would force me to get another job and then i'd get a couple paychecks in and then i'd move out into another place and I would do that whole thing all over again and uh, I met this uh, I met this other other fella he was uh, he was into he was in I he had his other friends on the side I knew they were I knew they were into coke and they invited me over one night to hang out with his other friend and i was like yeah i don't will try some coke i guess and so they got there and then so they just proceeded to cook it up and i was just like oh this, that this is happening okay so yeah i did that before i ever before i ever did a rail and uh so yeah that just kind of became the new thing right because uh like i've noticed that whenever i Whenever I try something, it's just like, oh, this is amazing, and then I'm like, and then I'm like all in on that whole thing, right? So there was, there was the, there was the booze, and then I, even at that point when I was drinking, right, I managed to have like a thousand dollars saved up, and I was like, yeah, I've got this, I've got this little pad of money saved up, and then I started smoking weed, right? Boom, that was gone, right? That just kind of took over. Weed was the top, weed was the top thing. And then we got introduced to the, got introduced to the Coke and we were smoking it and that became the new thing. And then over the course of a few years, he was just like, oh, check this out. He had like, he had morphine pills and Dilaudid's, right? And uh, he's like, so you get really high and then this will finish, this will finish the night off you don't have to stay up in jones all night right so so we tried that we of course did the whole did the whole needles thing and once again that was just that was all of a sudden it was like it just was obvious like okay that's that's a waste of money this this is what we should be doing right so we did that and he got ended up getting fired i supported him for a while and then and then i got fired and then i tried to tried to sell for a while to keep my place and uh, i had this little trailer that i i paid for I, I owned it and i ended up selling it for 2500 bucks i think i sold the place and then i just blew all that money over the course of about a month mm-hmm. and then one of my friends uh, Stepped in and rescued me, right? I had one, of them, a couple real solid, real solid friends, right? They would always kind of, they wouldn't hang out with me anymore, but they, they were, they were there when I needed them, right? And so, yeah, this dude, yeah, his name was Mark, and he, uh, I was all tweaking out one day, and had nothing, no food in the house. The Cat was all skinny, hadn't eaten. And He just showed up one day and he's like, man, just grab some, grab your stuff and come live in my house. And so I went and stayed at his house for a couple months and he was basically just like, okay, your job's to wash the dishes. Right. And that, that was the deal. I could live there. And it was all I, all I had to do was, was not, not do drugs and, uh, wash the dishes Mm -hmm. and he was all good with the alcohol solution he's right he's like we're gonna drink right because that was okay Mm -hmm. right we're we're all get get brant off the get brant off the off the drugs right drink so we so we drank whiskey and we just kind of made it all go away and as as good as that dude was and however many times he always stepped up and saved my ass of living with his house i still stole from him just uh some amends i still need to make um but you know eventually you get back on your feet right kind of slow down on the drinking kind of realize you need to save up some money and you know get life going again right so you'd you'd get a job get a paycheck you'd save it you'd get another paycheck you'd get a place and you get another paycheck and then it was a celebration mm-hmm. and it would the uh, it would start all over again and um uh, yeah I'd go through this this cycle of i would i would get into hard drugs and then i would realize that was nonsense i'd kind of come to my senses again and i would be like okay gotta start drinking because <laughs> that, that was that was the answer that was the just the that was the only thing I could count on to make it all go away, right? And it's just uh, I have this uh, kind of this little personal quote like that. Just wanted to be left alone. I just mm-hmm. wanted, I wanted all to go away, and I just want people to leave me alone. And so I would, yeah, that's what I would do. I would, uh, I would drink whiskey until I realized that. I probably shouldn't drink whiskey. I'd break my hands, end up in the drunk tank, and switch down to beer, right? Because that was a little bit better. I could maintain. I could maintain on that a little bit better. And uh, you know, my my circle of friends, and then my my real solid friends, they'd always they'd always kind of they'd always drift away, mm-hmm. and they would didn't really they loved me, but they just couldn't they just couldn't handle my nonsense and uh, they probably
1: didn't want to watch you suffer either yeah
0: right yeah. so so i would just i would sit there and i would i would drink alone and eventually i'd find somebody i do i i was that guy who was always like i have a case of beer and a bottle of whiskey come drink with me i just like i just just <laughs> come i just get so lonely right Just this come just come drink with me I've got I've got beer right and so you'd find that you'd find that other person who was kind of just like me and we would just kind of go down the spiral together right and uh, had this had this house in had this house in Sundry and uh, me and a few people we just we had we bought this really cheap beer called Boxer Beer and we uh we bought like thirty six packs of it like every night for like months on end, right? And we'd save up our bottles and we'd save up the cans, save up the cans, and the living room of this house was probably probably from you, the chair to the wall here, square. And at two points we literally had the room like a ball pit with beer cans. Yeah, so we would literally wade through on the floor. Just yeah. and then We would uh, that place was, that place was crazy. Um, absolutely destroyed everything. I mean, I mean, like all, all the walls were punched in, like pushed in behind the, behind the couch, like whole like sheets, like four foot sloths pushed in. Um, all the drains in the sinks were plugged. The bathtub was plugged. The tiles in the bath by the bathtub you could see the lawn on the outside of the house through the tiles the stove was broken the w- washing machine was 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 broken and all punched full of dance and the the door on the fridge didn't stay closed we had to prop it with a chair and <laughs> and yeah my buddy mark looking lived in red deer at that time he'd he'd moved to red deer because he was kind of tired with the whole sundry thing and he showed up one day and he's like well, we gotta we gotta make some changes here you just come live with me and Red deer for a while so I was like okay so I moved to a Pretty nice guy so yeah I know right and uh so I moved to red deer and uh, once again he, alcohol was he's he seen that as like a, a viable solution to my problems, right?
1: Probably and, definitely harm reduction.
0: I guess so. Yeah. Um yeah, I suppose. Way, and uh yeah. so we threw this we threw this big we threw this big party at his at his new place in Red Deer and uh I just couldn't stop the party and he was started getting really I, I, I was, I was, I was so like offended by him being like he was like, look, like if you want me to help you, I'll help you, but you have to like, you have to show me something, right? And uh, I was just like, oh, the nerve of that guy, <laughs> and um, so I, I, I knew this. I knew this. I'd played in like little bands here and there. I'm skipping over a lot of like periods where the cycle was weakened, right? And the what because this is like this is like a swath of like 15 years already, right? So there was there was there was a lot of like easy going times where I was doing okay, just. Smoking a little bit of weed and drinking some beers, playing in a little little bands here and there and whatnot. And I knew this guy from uh, Sylvan Lake, and he was like, "We need to start a band house." And he'd been bugging me for about two years that we needed to start this band house in Sylvan Lake, and blah blah blah. And, and then Mark came in with that attitude where he was gonna help me and all. Blah, blah blah. I wasn't having none of that, so I phoned up my friend Eric. I was like, "Eric, let's start the band house." And he was like, "Hell yeah!" So I, so I basically gave Mark the, the big F you and moved out of his place and um, went to Sylvan Lake. And uh, that was all well and good for a little while. I managed to sponge off him and his girlfriend for about three months until they forced me to get a job. And uh, so I so got the job, started paying them rent, had money in my pocket again, party started again, right, and, uh, and I, like, I I was, like, I was always this, this, like, champion who would, like, out drink everybody, like, I just took so much pride in that, right, and uh, I was, I was always the last one up. Even even when there's no drugs involved whatsoever, I was always the, I was always the last person up. i li- they'd be literally passed out on the floor, and I'd be standing on them with my foot up on their chest, and the champion, like you fucking lightweight,
1: <laughs> and uh, dice come. It was it was
0: funny. I got a real big kick I out could of see it. Like Captain
1: Morgan, like yeah, right just right while up on there pointing at him, like <laughs> 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 it's
0: this regal regal yeah. beast, right, but. I started to black out like just like like an absolute monster would take over and it was it was it was it was bad because I've always been like clever and witty and like kind of sharp with my comments and whatnot and that that didn't go away when I was when I was drinking and man I would just I would roast people with the just the laser laser tongue I just say I was quick and witty and it's just there was there was i'd say something and i was just like that was that was it like there was there was no coming back from the stuff i would tell people and you know i just lay it down right it's usually true but you it, it it need to be safe like that and i was awful mm-hmm. i was awful and I would, I would lose my mind. I would smash guitars on on the walls. I would, I'd be like stomping around in the basement with a pair of scissors and a knife, and I'd uh, end up running down the streets in Sylvan Lake in the middle of winter with no shoes on, and get picked up by the cops, and spend the night in the drunk tank. And then finally, Derek was like, "Man, this is you, know, you need to go to treatment or something." And he was like, "No." Nah going to treatment that's ridiculous and uh so uh so he kicked me out and confiscated my three thousand dollar amp because i owed him money he took it to his friend's farm while i was in the drunk tank i was very upset about that and uh, I managed to convince an acquaintance of his, well, one of his, his good friends, brother. I convinced his friend's brother who just met me a couple times. I was like, come on, Brad. I'll I'll sleep under the table in the the living room. You just pull the couch away from the wall or whatever. I'll sleep behind the couch. I just need, like, I need, like two weeks to get another paycheck in and then i can then i can get my own place right and uh he was like well i have another roommate and he's like you could probably you, you might be able to sleep on the floor in his bedroom if he says that's okay and this is a person i'd never met in my life mm-hmm. and it, it was really it was really strange how i, I just could just like same with same with jobs too like man like when i would get fired like it would be at the the longest run they'd fire me like four times before i wasn't able to convince them to let me stay on like i would always just kind of be able to just convince people of of shit just to give me one more chance right because when i wasn't drinking we were talking to somebody else right and his uh Seems seemed like a decent guy right and uh, I was able to I was always able to convince people shit and this this dude he was like he wants he was like okay so I came and I met this this Cody guy and uh he was like okay I'll let this dude sleep on the floor beside my bed for a wow. couple of weeks it was really weird yeah. and he like he turned into a really, really, really good friend, that dude. And he, was, he, would, he would always tell me years later, He's like, man, I'm so glad I let you crash on my floor. Because we never would have met either way. Anyways, but um, got my apartment. Got some guts. Some, my sister lent me money to get my aunt back. And I eventually took me about, probably two years to pay her back. And I pay, finally paid her back with one of my income tax returns. And, uh, had my apartment and, uh, you know, I'd quit, I'd quit drinking at, at that point. Right. Cause I needed to save money to get to get a new place. Right. And, uh, so I did that, got into the new place and, uh, got a paycheck and it was a celebration and, uh, got kicked out of there for playing my guitar too loud, making plenty of warnings, and uh, I moved into a little into a little one room bar apartment mm-hmm. under beside Hazard County in Sylvan Lake and uh
1: Darcy's from Sylvan Lake so I can see him nodding as you Okay mentioning yeah
0: so I, I lived in I lived in one of the big the big room in the back corner in Hazard County and uh oh man that that was a that was a a bad time I wrote a lot of I wrote a lot of songs when I was in there and the lyrical content of those songs is quite a statement as to my state of mind at that point. um i I really started to my sanity really started to fragment and fall apart when I lived there and uh I would I knew for an absolute fact. That I was to stay at home. Like, if I went down the street, down the strip, into the bars, I was getting, I was going to the drunk tank. I was getting beat up. I was, like, I was to stay at home. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But then I would kind of open my eyes and I'd be wandering around one of the bars, just making, like, circles, pacing around the around and around and around and around, just eyeball eyeing people as I went around the bar. And just, it was really, it was really strange. And I'd go back to, and uh, I I always loved smoking. I always loved smoking weed, right? And uh, I started to, it started to affect me differently. Um, I smoked this, uh, I started experimenting with some of the synthetic you could get at, uh, the, the hemp shop and, uh, generally they were garbage, but there was this, there was this one, there's one product that we bought that was a little different and, um, it really, it really affected me and I think it really, um, kind of changed something in my brain mm. and I got really paranoid, like really paranoid and, uh, I would, I would be, and after, after that, like, I just, I couldn't smoke weed anymore. I, I couldn't, like, I still would, but I would, it, it was like, I was literally schizophrenic. Like I would, I would be walking down the beach on, and there'd be like thousands of people like that you'd never seen in your life. And, uh, I would just I would like I would walk down the down the beach and uh everything would be normal in front of me and people would stop and they'd look at me as I went by and once they were behind me they would all start mocking me mm-hmm. they would all like they'd be like they'd be like dancing behind me and it was it was very it was very real and uh like I'd, I'd sit on I'd sit on the on a on a towel down on the pier, and like the and I was just the like the laughing stock of the entire of the entire beach. Everybody was watching me. Everybody was there'd be there'd be people. They'd come up right behind me, and they'd be like, they'd they'd say things just out of earshot, and I'd hear my name, and and it just got to the point where then the, the one summer I didn't even I didn't set foot on the beach once all summer just just sat in that little that little room there and I, I drank and I would I would smoke weed and I would uh, snort Oxycontin pills and I would I would lay on the bed there and uh I could hear the bar on the other side of the wall and they would the the people in the bar so they were watching a monitor or something of me in my apartment. And whenever I would do something, they'd comment on it. And I'd start like kind of like sneaking around, crawling around my room, and they'd laugh. And I'd try to just be as nonchalant as possible. And they they would they were watching me and I'm like like looking for cameras in my room trying to figure out how the how the hell they were watching me i had to do it really nonchalant so they wouldn't kind of see that that's what i was doing and so I, and I eventually i had this one friend we were drinking one day and he we decided to go for a drive and he was trashed and he smashed in the woman that lived above us he like backed into her car and uh and then he he took off and then he like completely completely got away with it and her insurance wouldn't cover it like she's it was like they were like you need to pay this 500 hundred dollar deductible or something and she's like you need to pay that and he was like that's not my problem that you have to that that's that's between you and your insurance company that's not my problem was like, <laughs> like well, he, he was dead serious he, I, I, her insurance mm-hmm. she shouldn't have gone in that it's because she's been in an accident before she shouldn't have, that's her problem that's between <laughs> that's, and he was dead serious i yeah. was like dude like really like oh no. <laughs> and so i ended up kind of getting intimidated out of that apartment <laughs> and i uh, i got this uh other little there was, one little trailer park in Sylvan Lake and there was this one like, kind of like, it sounds bad when I say it just to start with, there's this utility shed in the middle of the, of the middle of the trailer park. It it wasn't bad. That sounds awful, but it was actually a pretty cool place for me. Um, three quarters of it was like a bat, was a one room bachelor pad with a bathroom. And like this little like third section was like the the power and like water junction for the, uh for the uh, trailer park there. So I, I did my, I did my thing there. And uh, me and my, the old uh, drunk driver there, we, uh, we, we partied there and the door would be swinging wide open and we'd be, we'd be drinking. And I don't think It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. One day, this guy, this guy just dude just comes walking up to the books on the door. And he's just like, so yeah, I was uh walking past your place yesterday, and uh that that little guy that that little skinny kid there that you that was here he he seen me walking past the uh past the door there, and I looked in the door and he and he threw a whiskey bottle at me <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds like that sounds like Sean sounds like uh, my buddy that sounds like him, yeah, and he's like. Well, I'm just on my way to the liquor store. I'm going to pick up a case of beer. I was wondering if you wanted to drink. I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that would be, he was my, that guy was, that guy was like an, I, a new level of just like ridiculousness. And he became my, he became my best drinking buddy, that dude. And uh, yeah, so that, same thing. Just worse and worse and worse and worse. And, uh, one morning I was about two, two ax heads. It was 40, 40s of 11%. I was two, two of those bottles in at like 10 in the morning. And my buddy comes over and he's like, we should split on us. I got, you got three bucks. We should split on a six pack. And, uh, I was like, oh, okay. So I scrubbed. There's no food in the house. Um, I was, uh, I had, a, I had a bag of potatoes and a, a four liters of uh, canola oil. And I would like slice one potato up, and I would put just a little bit of oil in the pan, and I would like make myself French fries one, one potato at a time, being very, very careful. And uh, we uh, pooled our money together, and we uh, walked down to the liquor store at 10 in the morning. And uh, we came back to the house. And everything, everything was fine. There was nothing was amiss. I opened the front door, and that play like black. It was like a tire fire was going on inside. I left that stupid French fry mm. running on the stove there, and I totally uh. So yeah, I saved my I saved my amp and two guitars. I think I lost five five guitars and all my heavy metal t-shirts in that fire. I miss those more. Um, We saved, we saved my amp and two guitars and burnt, <laughs> burned that place to the ground. And, uh, I was doing a little bit of drywalling at the time and had a little bit of money. And I just kind of went down to the lake. Well, I, I, the red cross set me up at the hotel for at a hotel for about a week. And then I just went down to the, down to the beach and there was walking around. I found an old cabin down there that had a tree fallen on top of it. And there's no power, no plumbing in the house. And I stayed there for slept there for about a week until I couldn't handle the nightmares anymore. The worst nightmares I've ever had in my life was, was in that place. And, uh, no, that was actually a little bit ahead of myself there. I lived in, I got my, after the place burned down, I got my income, I got an income tax return and I had enough money to, to stay in this, this, this shitty, cause my income tax return came in when I was, when the, uh, Red Cross set me up at the, like the country inn or whatever. And then I had enough money to rent a, the shitty, at the, the, the beachfront resort. Sounds really nice. It wasn't, um, <laughs> Stayed there for, stayed there for a month. We partied there, had my income tax return, just absolutely just blew it all with no regard for what we what I was going to do next month. And there was this little old man that was two doors down that started partying with us. And he was like, he was like, I don't know, 65, 70 years old. He had a broken foot and he had a scooter and, uh, he was, he was waiting on an ish check And so he ended up getting kicked out of his room. So he just stayed in my room. And then when I got kicked out at the end of the month, his ace check came in. And then he had the bright idea that we were going to move into the, we were going to live at the campground just outside of Sylvan Lake there. And uh, we stayed there for two weeks. You were able to stay there for 14 days. That was the cutoff. And it got it got to the 14th day and I like, I don't know. I subconsciously knew like that gig was up and I got so trashed that night that I got evicted from the campground. And, uh, so I woke up in the drunk tank. All my stuff had been packed up at the, at the campground there. And that's when I stayed at the little cabin. And then I ended up, I ended up spending like four days under a canoe in somebody's backyard. Just, a really really nice really nice area right i just found this they had this shed and there was this canoe set up on some saw horses and i just slept under there and it rained and it rained and it rained and it rained and, it rained and i got sick and my cell phone was my cell phone was still working and i uh i phoned up my mom and uh Explained to them that I was sick and that everything had pretty much fallen apart and I asked them if they could come get me. And uh I think I'm like how old would I be at this point? Thirty-four. And uh so they came and got me. And uh so I living at living at mom and dad's place again and uh they made wine right so there's hundreds of bottles of wine in the in the crawl space under the house and my dad made made dandelion wine and that stuff's ridiculous and so i would sneak that and i I did okay for a while until you'd i'd always try to drink late enough that you could pass out and then they wouldn't you wouldn't interact with them but i'd just get carried away and end up they'd call the police and they'd have me hauled away and they moved the they moved the wine cellar to my sister's place mm-hmm. who lived on the other side of the quarter section and so I got the bright idea that I would just I went on the internet and I was like, all right, how am I how am I gonna get mm-hmm. messed up? And I, I had this set up behind my bed. And I had Captain Morgan bottles, empty Captain Morgan bottles, and I had my parents had the wine thing so they had yeast and big bags of sugar and right so i just went on the internet and figured out how that would work I had the strainers all set up on a siphon i had my big all under the bed there and had it all set up i had eight bottles in a row and you could drink one one bottle and by the time you every day you would just slide them over and you'd make a new one right and so I had this cycling system set up where i could i could black out drunk every single night with one bottle of that of that whatever the hell it was and i would just slide it over and i would just make a new bottle and by the time we got around it was it was it was good enough to drink right mm-hmm. And i don't know there's i never blacked out like i did on that stuff ever in my life and it was it was a really it was a really bad scene and i had a bad i had a bad uh evening my parents went to a campfire kind of thing at the neighbor's house and it was it was early they probably left around seven or eight o'clock and so I, I started drinking early and uh, I completely I completely lost it that mm-hmm. night and uh, they came back and there was a 30 30 smashed on the deck outside the front of the house and they came inside and all the chairs were flipped over upside down. I don't remember if I flipped the, the couches over, but there was candles lit everywhere, trails of candles down the hallway. All the pictures of all my deceased relatives were all tipped upside down and follow this trail of candles. And I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure they probably were expecting to find me dead in the other room. And so they, they followed the trail of candles down to the room and there I was passed out on the couch. And of course, big, big commotion ensues. Right. And so I got hauled away by the cops. I remember, um, I remember, um, I was being in the back of the cop car, just pounding my forehead off the back of, off the plexiglass plate in the, uh, in the cop car and like sheets of blood running down my face my mom brought the brought out a towel and the cop was trying to help me and, like wrap the towel around throw it on the ground kick dirt on it that uh, spent a couple nights in the hospital and uh the uh counselor or guy i used to jam with had um, a few little talks with me he had some talks with my parents and It was decided that he was going to arrange a bed for me at Renfrew in Calgary, and they were not to allow me to come home. And uh, so uh, there was no... He assured me that I had a bed at Renfrew, and that my parents had agreed to drive me there, and... He's like, you'll have you'll have to wait your turn. This this is a very this is a very special situation. Everybody else there is just gonna go in and do the interview and they will either get accepted or they won't. You just wait in line, wait your turn, you have a bed there. So my parents drove me to Calgary and uh waited with me in the uh the waiting room at Renfrew there and and they left and told me to figure it out. So I went in the room there, and uh, st- it was uh, it was really it was really strange too because I it was like still a lot of lingering things from like hearing voices through walls, and it was really and I, and I told them that too. They actually almost they actually almost didn't let me in because I, I was a little too honest about some of my mm-hmm. some of my problems. They're like. They were, they're like, well, yeah. There's lots of weird people here, and like, if you have this this problem, right, this might not be for you. And I assured them that I would do my best to just just chill out and be calm, and try to just, you know, breathe and take it easy and whatnot. And so, they kind of were a little bit more lenient with me in Renfrew than the other guys because. Everybody else was kind of, they would, I I was under the impression at least that they had to go to these other meetings and there was like the common area where they had to be and like, I was the only one that was allowed to just lay in my bed and read. And so I did that for like four days and finally they were like, you have to, you have to go to one of these, these AA meetings. So. I went to one of the AA meetings and I listened to their stories and they were were just ridiculous. And I just kind of whatever kind of thing and looked at the steps and they just sounded absolutely ridiculous. It was just, it was like just the dumbest thing ever. And yeah, I remember talking to like a doctor, like, years before he was like you know people in aa well, you need to find somebody to sponsor you and this is like i don't know like the first time like that sounded like the stupidest thing in the world i just i just uh, i just sounded dumb <laughs> it wasn't about it i had no idea and um so um king procrastinator i only had five days in there so on the last day there the the, the woman was like you need to talk to the you need to talk to the counselor in there and figure something out or you're gonna be homeless on the streets Mm -hmm. in in calgary here i was like oh okay um so i talked to the counselor and uh she told me some of the options and uh I went out and looked at the brochures on the wall and I just, I needed to figure out a plan on where I was going to live. That was the bottom line. I had no desire to sober up like zero. And, uh, I was like, okay, I read which ones have long-term, which ones have long-term housing. So I looked and I looked and I looked and I have, there was three options. And so I took them to the counselor and, uh, they were going to make the call for me or whatever. And like, okay, these two places have waiting lists and this place doesn't. I was like, okay, so I guess we're going to call that place. And uh, so I called that place and the dude came in and gave me an interview and whatever. And asked me his classic question. He's like, are you done? I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm done <laughs> right now um no i was but I, it turned out that turned out i was but I, I just told him that but it worked out all right anyways so so i went i went there and uh i was sitting in the sitting in one of their meetings there and one of the counselors was like if you came here for for uh three hearts in a cart, you made a piss poor decision i was like All right, that's exactly why i came here <laughs> and uh i was like okay well i was just like basically like i need to do whatever i need to do to stay to be able to have be able to stay here mm-hmm. i've not living on, I'm not going to go on the streets. I was like, I'd never been on a, on a city bus. So I was like terrified of the city. Mm. Um And uh so I, they, they had rules and I followed them. They told me to do this and that. And I, I did that. They told me to, they told me to, I was doing this, step one thing they gave me a notebook and they told me to they told me to write out the my whole my whole career there and the whole progression they called it year by year and the substances and this and that and that and so i was like all right so it's just like a I i was always really been able to really just take an honest look at myself anyways and be like, yeah, I'm a t- total piece of shit. Like this, 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 this. <laughs> a lot of guys were struggling. I'm like, well, did you do it or not? Like, what's the big deal? Write it down. So, I write it all down. Right, Show it to, so, like, yeah, okay, that, that sucks kind of thing. And, uh, I was talking, talking to a, talking to a buddy there. I wasn't sure about this whole, this whole god thing because i'd really really like i'd like done a complete complete 180 from that whole from that that scene and there's a lot of this completely completely turned, turned my back on the whole thing like right? going down the whole atheist and uh route and i was like if if god exists he's one mean uncaring like just vile creature like and i just i was like I, I just don't believe it anymore if it if he does exist he's he's obviously a very very cruel and awful awful being and there's all this talk about god in the in the steps there and my friend was like okay he was like my higher power is just the concept of love mm. and he's like we just we just look we just look at situations through the filter of whether whether it's of yourself is this selfishness or is it come from a place of love mm. and we try to we try to keep that and try to keep that in, turned our life over to this concept of being loving and mm. that would I was like, okay, that, I, that I could wrap my mind around that. And, uh, so I did, I did my little, did my step two meeting there. And I explained that to the counselor and he, he was okay with that. And, uh, we did a little, we did a little step three thing and I basically read the prayer out of the book and I was like, okay, that's all right. I still, I still have a comfortable place to sleep, and uh, the, we went to five meetings a week. Gen- well, we had to go to five meetings a week. They're like, if you if you miss one, you'll get kicked out. And it was, it was straight mm-hmm. up. They're very, very, very strict back then, and uh, I was lucky too. Um, because I, I made one one really really stupid mistake. I came in with uh, I came into the center with with four other guys there was five of us that came in on friday and by the time by the time tuesday rolled around i was the only one left they had all gotten kicked out and uh there there was there was two of us left and uh there was there was these mattresses the great mattress theft of 2014 all the there's, there's some <laughs> There's some, there's some guys. If they, if they're listening to this, they'll be, <laughs> they'll probably fire right of you, right? Because I got, I got away. I, I didn't steal the mattress, but I helped somebody steal the mattress. There was different mattresses, right? And some of them were nicer, and some of them weren't so good. So, one of the guys that we came in with had decided to leave, or got kicked out, or something, and uh. He had one of the good mattresses, right? So this other guy's like, oh, my back is just that I need this, I need, mm-hmm. need this other mattress. So we we did this, we did this real quick mattress swap when everybody was downstairs and woo, woo And then that was like between two different dorm rooms, right? And this the guy that was in the room that we stole the mattress from, he had one of the shitty mattresses too. And the other guy had a nice mattress and he was like, in his mind, he was like, he went down to the office and he's like, hey, do you, do you think that that now that he's not there that, that maybe I could switch beds to that that other bed? And and they're like, yeah, sure, why not? So he's all happy. And he goes up there and he'll switch beds and it's a shitty mattress. <laughs> so um, um, they... Uh, they tracked down right away where the mattress went and that guy got kicked out. Just mm-hmm. boom. Gone. And uh he was good. He kept it all secret. And because if like if if I would have been incriminated in that thing, I would have I would have been kicked out in, in a heartbeat and gone. Right. So that was that that was really lucky. One one dude, one dude down the hallway seeing us, and he just shook his head. And he pulled me aside later. He's like, Man. That was stupid. Like they will kick you out in an absolute heartbeat. I've seen people get kicked out for 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 less, and uh, but yeah, he got away got away with it. Luckily, he kept his mouth shut. And but yeah, that was that was I was really lucky because man, a lot of people there. Like what a good thing it was that one guy that seen because I would have I would have got would have got ratted out for sure. But um, uh, yeah, so. What was I doing? I did the old, uh, did the old step three prayer and I still had my, still had my decent bed. They're feeding us good. I was starting to put on weight and I was going to a bunch of meetings. Probably we had to go to five meetings a week. If you missed one, you'd, you'd get, you'd get kicked out. Um, so we generally weren't doing anything anyways. So we just go to a meeting every night, six days a week. Sometimes we'd take one day off. Had to go to five though. That was bare minimum. And, you know, I started I started listening to people. I started listening to people talk. And, you know, it started to sound a little bit desirable. And because um, I, I met some really interesting people at the center there. And uh, they were awful people. They were just terrible people that had incredible stories just way worse than mine right i thought i was like so like unique and bad but these these dudes were these dudes were really really nice guys they were awesome awesome beautiful souls and they had these just terrible shocking stories they'd been through so much more than i had and they were happy and they were they were they were doing good and there was a lot of alumni coming back and they'd, they tell their stories about where they were and how they were building their life back together. And it was, it was all coming together for these, for these guys. And I was like, mm, it might be, it might actually be something to this whole, this whole thing. And, uh, so I did the old, uh, I did the old step four in the, in the r- r- wrote it all out once again, lots of the guys struggled with it because that's the classic that's the, everybody was just like losing their minds over it. I guess like I kind of did a, a little I was like, Tim would dispute this point. <laughs> Tim would be like, fuck that you called me and you were like blah 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 blah, blah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's a tightly coiled spring of anger. Now.
0: <laughs> but i certainly didn't struggle with it as much as some of the other guys mm-hmm. did but i guess I'm, I'm sure tim would have some interesting stories about some of the conversations we had about it and whatever and uh, uh he's good shit yeah he's, he's an awesome dude i'm incredibly fortunate to have uh, met that dude um yeah i i don't i don't know'cause i i see lots of i see lots of people who have a very kind of business relationship with their sponsor but man yeah no tim's a good dude he's yeah. we've become really good friends over the years and um yeah he's i know I can count on that guy he's awesome incredibly fortunate that that he turned out that he showed up i met him at the uh what was it the oh what the hell was that meeting i don't remember what it's called now jesus oh well (laughs) it doesn't matter i had like i had like staples in my forehead and uh i was in the meeting there telling him how to brew sugar wash under the bed and i was like bang on the table and shit and tim was just horrified (laughs) and uh i guess he was intrigued or whatever by what he saw and whatever and yeah turns out he was like associated with the house and he came to one of the came to one i think it was like some sort of uh i had some dinner or whatever and he, he showed up there and told me we should go to this meditation meeting the namaste meditation mm-hmm. meeting so we went a couple of times and asked and, and it just became obvious that this is this is the dude i'm supposed to ask to be my sponsor and so that all worked out good and kind of got me started on the whole meditation thing a lot Mm. sooner than a lot of a lot of my a lot of the dudes at the center there because i I don't see a lot of meditation practice going on in in the circles but yeah namaste that's a that's a that's a rad that's a rad group and uh i haven't been there for a while and i should uh probably probably hit it up Mm again um but, yeah, hammered out my step four, you know, brutally honest. Yeah, da-da-da, This not a piece of shit. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: this not that. the biggest piece.
1: <laughs> just, a, just a regular average piece just of
0: a, shit. Just a, yeah, regular piece of shit floating down the shit river. <laughs> <laughs> just like the rest we of We probably that. floated by each other at different <laughs> points in time. <laughs> and, uh tim tim had this funny way of uh i would have this i would i'd be all upset about something and scared to do some sort of thing and he wouldn't really have an answer for me but he'd just say in that kind of that that little that that high-pitched kind of thing that he does you just go why (laughs) why i will just like god damn it oh. and she was like just fucking do it i was like <sighs> okay <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that, that was his thing just fucking do it that was that was the advice so went down to the uh went down to the old uh lutheran advent lutheran church and i I don't know if you know terry terry Coons, oh my lovely lady works down there. I don't know if she still does it through there or whatever, but I sat down and I had a, an hour and a half conversation with her about what was happening and what was going to change and all that. And I just kind of laid it all, laid it all down. I told her all the, the gritty stories and, uh, and I walked out of there and uh it was it was weird. Um my like knees were like weak and I got out in the parking lot and I was just like oh fuck I'm probably gonna have to wait like forty five minutes for the bus to show off and I just walked out to the parking I walked out to the bus stop and the bus pulled up. And I was like, hmm <laughs> and I felt that that meant a lot in that moment. I got on the bus and I came back down to the house and and uh, everybody I'd kind of was walking and I noticed people would like, I would like look at somebody and they'd be like, they'd like kind of do a double take kind of, like, and it's like, what kind of thing. And a couple days later, a big, a big turning point, I was like, just walking through the, walking down the hallway. The center there just going down to the TV room, something Do 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 do. And one of the one of the counselors come around the corner and he was like, Hey, it's like oh hey man, how's it going? And I was like got about ten feet past him and he was like, Hey. And I turned around and he was like, It's a lot easier when you stop fighting it, hey? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. And uh it was it was it was different because I didn't even it was it was really weird because I'd always been kind of scared of that dude and yeah. it was just like it was, oh hey man it's like word yeah. hey, kind of thing and yeah and that was a that's a really that's a really strong little what you call a little 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 tack there where mm-hmm. I just remember that moment where I turned around and he said that and uh, that is actually the guy who called it the great mattress theft of. <laughs> 2014. And he, was, he was very he was very upset about that whole situation. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I remember like months down the road, and he'd be like talking to the other guys and explaining how easy it was to get kicked out. And he's like, some dude stole a mattress from one of the other rooms because he wasn't comfy enough. That <laughs> <I> was, like, <laughs> 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 uh, no, was funny, and uh yeah, and. Just kept uh, I went to shipwreck at sunset. It was the first meeting I'd ever went to in the city. And uh I just I just stuck with that meeting. You know, I went to I went to like all the other meetings and just mixed the mob, mixed this meeting up, mixed that meeting up. But every Friday I just went to shipwreck. Every Friday I went to shipwreck, and then I think within a month. I, uh, started going to the business meetings and, uh, that's real, that was really going to the business meetings was really, really beneficial. And, uh, I really encourage anybody to like get involved and start like taking on a little bit of responsibility because, say, so made me feel better about myself, mm. have a little, you know, people, like, yeah, he's he's doing a good job, or whatever, and, like, the, some of the new new guys would start to, like, look up to you, and whatnot, and mm. it, it was, it, it felt good, and, uh, you know, so you just started, started getting little service positions here and there, and you just kept, kept involved, and I uh, became a key holder for Namaste, and you know, had the key, had to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Showed up, showed up every week, right? And then, and it was kind of weird, though, that, like, um, so this is the thing about staying involved, and you know, it's, like, why well, I kind of suck, too, because I see, like, the benefits of that whole thing of being involved and uh, going all the time, right? And I was having, have the key, right? But, like, as soon as I didn't have the key, I kind of stopped going, right? You no, know, because, well, okay, because so I suck like that, but, um it's got to stay involved right I'm kind of going through a I'm perfectly honest and kind of going through a little thing right now where like i i haven't even actually been to shipwreck for a long time because i started because I, I went like i was like incredibly involved in like me and me and my good friend we we just that me- meeting struggled and we held it together and we went to this location went to that we were at central united for a while and we even held it in the park in riley park a couple times and just we just held on to that held on to that meeting held on to that meeting and then and then my work schedule changed and all of a sudden i worked friday nights and gotta figure something else out now right i guess change change can be good you just gotta embrace it right but I haven't figured out what I'm, I don't, haven't figured out what my new thing is Mm -hmm. yet. So haven't gone to as many meetings as I should for the last little while, but you know.
1: How are you feeling?
0: Uh, I feel okay. Um, But I'm conscious of that tendency I have to Mm -hmm. kind of like just kind of slip way kind of deal so i know that i gotta i know that i gotta dial it dial it back in if i can't go to that meeting regularly i need to find another one Mm -hmm. get involved again right and then just 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 keep that keep that thing going because because i know i know that's that's beneficial but but i met i meditate most mornings Mm -hmm. i have a i've got the i've got the sam harris meditation app which is which is really which is really cool and i like i like his whole approach to the uh the meditation thing because he's one Mm -hmm. of the militant. he's one of the four horsemen of the new atheist movement and uh i just like the he's a really really stripped down and well Mm -hmm. thought out kind of thing and it's it's good i've 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 learned a lot from it so I, i meditate most mornings and uh that's really 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 beneficial because like i was saying before about like f- filtering filtering the situations through the loving concept mm-hmm. right you don't you can't do that if you're not aware that you're thinking kind of thing because what we have the tendency to do is we get we get lost in thought right mm. and we'll spend hours just going right and it it really kept thinking without realizing that you're actually thinking and you just it's just running on autopilot and it's just it's just going it's going it's going and every once in a while it's like you got to have that interrupt interrupt where you're like where you stop and you're like okay right rather than because like if somebody says something to you like you're in the you're you're like do you hear what they say? Do you like experience that and like think about it, or do you just fire something off mm-hmm. without thinking about it? Just that autopilot mode, right? Yeah. you just gotta the, gotta break that that cycle and always be able to come back. there's a there was a woman that came into the center to do uh, guided meditations. And one thing that I really took away from that was uh, when you're sitting in there in the meditation, you're doing the focused meditation. She's like, you'll sit there and you focus on the breath and then your mind wanders. Mm -hmm. That's what it does. That's fine. But you come back and you're like, it's okay for your mind to wander. That's natural but you come back mm. that moment where you come back that's meditation. Mm. And so I try to carry that throughout the day. Right. Mm. You know, there's, there's, there's the focus meditation in the morning or whatever, mm. and all that's all well and good where you cut, where you do that, your mind wanders and you come back Your mind wanders and you come back and you get better at it. Not wandering as you, as you practice day in, day, mm. day out. And, as you do that every day over the over the course of the day, you find yourself remembering and coming back. Because mm. like I'll forget all the time, right? I'll say shitty things to like customers at work on a customer service. I'm like passive aggressive I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> say stuff that I really shouldn't, right? And I get yeah. can get in potentially a lot of trouble, right? So it's but I find I find that. I remember quite a bit more often. I try to, I, that's why I wear stuff that gets in my way and Mm -hmm. like that's stuff that I like, like sit down and like, like christen them to a concept. Right. So that when I, when I notice the object, it reminds me of a specific thing or Mm -hmm. a specific concept. And, uh, and it helps kind of helps me remember to come back Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it's it's just so it's just so quiet now. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I find like a lot of people are like, oh, it's so boring at this or that and it's just like it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Quiet's nice. Yeah. I don't mind the quiet so much anymore. You know. Just uh I live in the nicest place I've ever lived in, in my life. Mm-hmm. Um got a We've, uh, I live in a four-bedroom townhouse with one other person. <laughs> nice. there's, there's three levels. There's the culinary in the middle. Wes has two bedrooms, two two rooms on the bottom, and I have two two rooms on the top. Um, the two the two rooms for me on the top is a new thing. I'm very excited about it because one of my roommates just moved out, and I was just like, you know what? I'm turning this bedroom into a music studio. So, yeah, that's, that's what I did got like a youtube video room set up and on my computer and a big monitor and all the apps oh yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm super stoked about that right so
1: what kind of music do you play like what kind of i assume it's death metal but i don't know (laughs) like yeah
0: basically i'm I'm pretty versatile I, i write like I, I generally I generally go to a fairly hard form of metal. I got like seven and eight string guitars and like the big stack and whatnot. But but I'm still I was I was raised on country music. I'll always be have a little special place in my heart for like George Strait and like oh. Garth Brooks. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know, I said I, that thing about country yeah. music before, but they liked they liked that new pop country, and uh, uh, I, yeah. I wasn't about that. There's 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 a couple periods that I that I still I still don't mind, and there's old Hank three. I did the Hank three cover there, that country heroes song, right? So, so I, I try to be as versatile as possible, but generally my go to was like Metallica was was the thing. Yeah. Metallica when I was learning how to play guitar, that was the, the pinnacle of what I mm. what I wanted to do, right? So it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sure was. I learned a lot from that yeah. dude. He it was it's really good. But yeah. So I just uh you know pretty basic pretty basic stuff now, you know, I've had like the same job for like three years, which is pretty ridiculous. Cool. Yeah. Um you know a nice collection like 10 guitars and a bunch of cool amps and computer and recording stuff and you know really good friends that i actually can trust Mm. friends that i don't steal from (laughs) friends that don't steal from me and there's not this parasitic relationships going on anymore like we're like we need this for per- that for per- okay he can does he have money like no mm-hmm. like it's none of that stuff's going on anymore it's really it's really weird you know it's mm-hmm. it's i'm getting more used to it now but it's just it's still just so strange that I just wake up in the morning and everything's okay right i just don't feel like the pendulum's gonna fall Mm -hmm. you know Mm because it was always what it was it was just it's just that impending doom all the time right it's Mm -hmm. just like life is life is good i like the i like the quiet and it's just uh right
1: on yeah no i I appreciate the quiet too yeah
0: that's great that was always yeah i'm not so much of a there's always the worship chaos kind Mm -hmm. of thing and it's just well, not so much anymore.
1: Cool. It's, it's pretty cool. It's quiet. Right now, what time are we at, man? Oh. Yeah. Is, so, is there, before we cut, before we close it, and we don't have to close it if you want to talk about more stuff, Yeah. but it seems like there's a natural kind of flow to stuff, right? Is there anything that you would tell yourself if you could go back? And, and I know there's no magic bullet. We've been around <laughs> long enough to know that there's no magic bullet that's going to do everything. But just one thing, like, I don't know something like it doesn't matter that you don't believe in god kind of thing yeah. I, I don't know something
0: i don't know man i list like if i could go 10 years into the future and come back and to tell me something now maybe i'd listen yeah <laughs> maybe i'd take anything from it but man to go back it's when I was like twenty, and tell that person something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, would I mean, just be a lost cause. It was just a, so. I remember the people, like even people that I knew, I knew guys that had been through the whole, been through the whole struggle and went to AA, and just <laughs> like I couldn't have scoffed harder at mm-hmm. anything that those guys ever had to say to me, and yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um. No, would be that's that's an interesting thing to think about. Mm-hmm. I really I really don't know. I really don't know what I'd
1: Was there anything that you heard? Like was there anything that you heard way back when that you remembered like when you got a clearer head when the fog lifted and
0: of, uh, like,
1: anything that someone gave to you, like, as a potential point in the right direction, right? Like, I, I kind of assume Mark, your friend Mark, maybe yeah. had said some things along the way, or someone, maybe even your mom, right? Or, um, I because I can imagine how big of a shock it was when the church canned your mom and dad, yeah, right? Yeah, and I don't know, maybe you don't remember anything like that, you know. But I remember a cop when I was younger, when I was a teenager in California, I remember a cop saying something to the effect of, and this, this was after, after he gave me a little bit of an ass kicking, um, he, he said something that, and it was simple, right? It wasn't anything big. And I certainly didn't listen to it at the time. (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm really going to listen to you, but it was something to the effect of you can do better. You're choosing not to do better. Right. That was something that simple, and I was like, I could do better, but I'm not doing better. Yeah, fuck it. So uh-huh. I, I moved, move along, but then time goes by, and I have this I conversation remember. flash into my head that says, I could do better. Why am I not doing better? But I had to be sober to kind of yeah. remember the, the thing.
0: Yeah, no, nothing. I just, there was nothing really, no little, little standing things. Uh, just the only thing even remotely close to that was just the, the one guy who just owned the grocery store in sundry there and he uh, he was just the, we were at this party I don't know I was a fourteen or fifteen and I was drinking there and he's like, you know my man da, 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 I've been there done that and it's just like it, it's it's not it's not what you think it is mm-hmm. kind of thing and I was just like ah, whatever he's yeah. he's just like he's like you just take it easy it'll get a hold of you and I was just like' no, whatever. But
1: yeah,
0: aside from that, no, I just, if any, yeah, I don't know. Nothing really comes to mind. And, if anybody did. something,
1: right? Like, yeah. Because we all get here on like the path that we take. Yeah. I remember being embarrassed. One of my friends in high school, she was a button. I still probably have a little bit of a crush on her from back then. Not now. I have no idea what she's <laughs> like now. She's probably insufferable. But back then, she was really cute, and she came one day, and I was tanked at school, right as usual. That senior year, I was rarely ever sober, and uh, she just said, "Are you drunk again?" Ugh. That was it. That's all she said, and I was like, "Ah!" Oh, like instantly ashamed, and like, and all she did was she said it in a way that expressed love, as you said, yeah. as you were saying earlier. It was I could sense that she really did care. Yeah, that I was drunk
0: again. again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. Mark, he's like, if you want me to help you, I'll help you. But
1: isn't it interesting though? Sometimes people try to help us, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. and
1: we just burn it down. No,
0: no, fuck you, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, Mark. Yeah, he 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 removed
0: (laughs) me off Facebook a long time ago. It took me a while to realize it happened, but yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming in, man. Thank you, man. Um, what's your practice like today? So you talk about meditating every morning. Do you try to get yourself to meditate throughout the day as well? Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of the, that's kind of the deal. That's, that's the deal. I just, uh, I try to, I try to do, uh, like breath work, try to take in lots of oxygen and, uh, you know, that helps me stay centered and, uh, you know, I have read. Uh, I I like the whole idea. Like the, I don't know if you've read anything about like spiritual alchemy. There's, mm, there's uh, a like the Carl Jung and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, there's I guess, there's like a there's like a really like shortened version of link I could send you. You probably find it interesting how similar that program is the seven stages of spiritual alchemy, how similar that actually is to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Please send it to me. Yeah, it's like it's the parallels are like, did they just take this and rewrite mm-hmm. it for us? I I kind of pretty sure they did. But um well, you know
1: what I just learned about like AA in terms of what you're talking about? Like the it wasn't just Christianity. Yeah. Like Bill and Bob actually went and studied with some indigenous down in upper New York. I didn't know
0: that. There's there, yeah, there's hey, a lot of
1: never heard anything there was a that.
0: lot of like Eastern mysticism mm-hmm. and just a lot of a lot of interesting stuff that people don't like. Because a lot of people think it's like a Bible Christian thing. Yeah. No.
1: I, no. I I no. never got that that impression of it. Like maybe at the beginning when I'm like God, 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 and I'm like, fuck that. Go right? go
0: to some meetings, you should get that impression. So yeah,
1: that's for <laughs> um, sure. It depends on where you go.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, I really like the I really like that whole uh I read a book called The Alchemy of the Black Sun and it was it was really uh like really uh really dark shadow work, like you get into the inner workings of your inner demons and stuff like that. And I really yeah, I really like that. But uh I think just just I to say I keep it simple, right? I just uh I meditate in the morning, you just gotta get up a half an hour earlier than you normally do. You just you just do that and then you go to work and you just try to carry that mentality through the day and just the more you do it, the better, the better you get at it. And, uh, that's basically what I try to do. I just, uh, you know, I go to work and I just try to be nice to people and cool, you know, come home and write some music and have a little meditation and go to bed and and try to try to do it all over again in the morning. Cool. That
1: sounds pretty good. Rinse, repeat, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, if you ever decide you're gonna debut like a country album or something <laughs> and you need a venue, I'll open up a venue for you because I would love to hear you play country music. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: You like to uh, do some do you put a cover songs yeah, a cover show.
1: Crazy, <laughs> That'd be awesome.
0: Some Clint Black.
1: It might actually make a guy like me like appreciate country. A little bit of like, country. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't appreciate it. I'm a California kid, man. I'm like <laughs> country, bunch of bumpkins. Yeah. Punk rock <laughs> punk rock and heavy metal. Word. word. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Yeah,
0: man. It was a it was an honor.
1: Cool, man. I'm glad it was an honor for us too. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery Podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us, at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.